Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's Daily Podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. My name is Rebecca Chan. I'm a partner with Ready and Newman. I'll be conducting the conference today. Um, Gayatri, can you start our first question, please? Uh, sure. Kiran? Kiran Mai? Uh, hi, Rebecca. Um, I, I, I have actually two 485s filed in uh, uh, one in uh, October 2020 and a second in December 2020. So I, I'm actually in, I'm currently in India. I did not receive biometric while I was in uh, United States. Uh, I, I actually, uh, I received, I, I had a major surgery uh, uh, during my trip in India. So uh, the, these times I, I received a biometric, appoint, a biometric appointment uh, for uh, So you received the biometric appointment while you were outside yes. the I, I received I received my biometric appointment and I got it rescheduled last week. And uh, I also received biometric appointment for the second uh, 485 application as well and got it rescheduled. Uh, I, I requested for uh, um, July uh, first week time uh, appointment uh, while I was uh, asking, uh, while I was requesting for uh, 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 rescheduling, but uh, uh, within two weeks, uh, I, I again uh, got a biometric appointment. So um, my question is, how many times uh, can a candidate uh, uh, reschedule for a, a appointment, biometric appointment? At most, twice, maybe. You can try to see if they'll reschedule you one more time, but um, I think it's within their discretion. If at all possible, you should try to come for the one that's already been rescheduled. Can I request for a particular time? Because uh, since I can't move, uh... you can't request a particular date or time or time frame. They will reschedule you according to availability at the ASC. I think if you don't show up for another rescheduled appointment, then the I forty five application can be denied. So what is the possibility? Since I can't travel now, I... I, you can I try calling the um, customer service line to see if they will reschedule again. That's all you can do, or just try to get back to the U.S. in time for the appointment. Okay, uh, oh, next question. Soumya Das? Yeah, hi. Uh, hi, Rebecca. So my question is, so um, uh, for my spouse, I applied for the H4 and H4 EAD. 
so H4EAD, I applied standalone. So the H4 is approved and the H4EAD is still on pending. So uh, can we travel outside of US, like going to India and come back while the H4EAD is in focus? Yes, that's fine. So the H4 is approved. So the H there's an I-797 approval notice with the um, I-94 attachment. And uh, no, so um, uh, so uh, while I applying the H four EAD, the H four was not approved. So it 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 got approved later. So the H four is approved now. Yeah, it's approved now. Okay, it's extended and approved. Yeah, yeah. you can travel. Uh, um, so if you're traveling to India, then um, your wife will need to get an H four visa stamp. She doesn't correct. have a valid visa stamp already. If um, I mean, if the H-4 is already extended, you don't really need to, you know, go to Mexico for automatic revalidation. So, um, yeah, you just need to get the H-4 visa stamp before returning. Uh, I, so, I will continue processing. So the H-4 EAD will continue processing? That's right. Okay, so uh, they, they will not check the I-94 like we are going out and then coming back? No. no? Okay, okay. Okay, cool. Thanks. Next question? Raghu? Uh, hi, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Raghu. Hi. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, I just had a H1 transfer, my H1 visa transferred to another company. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the petition, they made a slight mistake is what I feel. Uh, the total work years, my work experience was mentioned incorrectly. I, uh, so what would be the impact of that? The petition got approved actually. Okay. Was it just in the letter from the employer, they yes. mentioned the wrong number of years of experience? Yes. I think that should be fine. Um, the place in the immigration process where the work experience is really crucial is at the PERM stage, I-140 stage, and then just it's more I mean, I process. Uh, the um, process has not started for me for perm, um, so I don't know what the impact of this would be and how would I correct that? I think it is fine. Um, you can't really go back and correct a petition that has already been approved. Was the difference that they just didn't list enough years of experience? Uh, in the previous amendment, actually, in my current employer, they mentioned uh, a little more, but they correct, They wanted to correct it, but they fine. didn't. I would not do anything about it because for purposes of the H-1B, your work experience is not really that, it's mostly based on your degree um, and it's already approved. So uh, would that be a problem? Really, no, I don't know. And, and a follow-up question, would that be a problem if I had to go for visa stamping, just want to make sure? No, I don't think so. Okay. What they'll be looking for is a is your degree when you go for visa stamping. Okay, thanks a lot. Sure. Madhurasmita. Yeah. Uh, hi, Rebecca. Uh, thank you for taking my question. Mm -hmm. um, my husband filed H four and H four EAD in December, and my H four EAD expired on Feb twenty fifth this year. Okay. Uh, after, uh, uh, like, I traveled to India and I came back on I-94. Uh, currently, I am working on the, with the auto extension 180-day rule. In okay. May, we again uh, reapplied, like, again applied a new uh, I-797C with the uh, H-4, new H-4 uh, approved and I-94. 
So my question is, can I switch an, to an employer uh, on this auto extension rule? If yes, which EAD receipt should I use? So when does your H4 I-94 expire? It expired on uh, same Feb 25th, 2022. You didn't get it extended when you travel? No. Okay, then actually the auto extension does not apply to you. So for H4 EADs, the EAD auto extension only applies if your H4 I-94 has been extended beyond 180 days. So you said that you traveled and came back in. So at that time, they didn't give you an extended I-94 when you came so, back in? Like we applied in December and the EAD expired on 25th Feb 2025. So why I, did you travel? Before, uh, like uh, I traveled before the EAD expired. What date did you travel? Uh, I traveled uh, uh, in Jan, then came back on Feb 17th and my EAD expired on 25th. Okay. Your I-94 that you received at entry, how long is it valid until? It is valid till 25 now. Okay, so your H4 I-94 is valid until 2025. Yes, so with this new I-94, uh, which is uh, uh, extended, I reapplied a new, uh, we have filed a new I-797. Before February, you said your EAD expired February 25th? Yes. Did you file an I-765 before February 25th to renew the EAD? Yes. Okay, then that's fine. You can move to another employer. Um, you need to provide the I-765 receipt notice for the filing that occurred before February 25th, along mm -hmm. with your expired EAD card and the printout from the I-94 website that shows your H-4 I-94 is valid until 2025. So with those three items, you can work for now at this point, 540 days beyond February 25th. Provide okay. those three documents to a new employer for work authorization. Okay, I should not be, uh, I should not provide the newly applied H4 EAD receipt? No, because it was filed after February 25th. Why did you file for another one? Because I got a new uh, uh, I-94. So that's why I reapplied. Okay. So the one that was filed in December, the I-765 filed in December was based on your husband's H-1B that was extended until 2025, right? Yes. So you didn't really need to file a second I-765, but it's fine. It doesn't really harm anything. But yes, mm -hmm. you can change employers with those three documents. So I have to use the first EAD receipt only. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Right, next question. Rajesh? Yeah, hi, Rebecca. Uh, so actually, uh, my uh, uh, 485 was filed in October 2020. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it is in EB3, yet not, date is not current, so not approved yet. And uh, I'm in process of changing the job. Uh, so uh, the lawyer from that company, actually, they are saying that uh, they they will file 485J after they get RFE or something. I mean, just wanted to check whether they have to do it early or I mean, they have to wait, I don't know. It's not absolutely required that the new company file the J supplement at the time you join or before you join. Um, we recommend it if possible, just so it doesn't slow down the process later for your I-485, but um, I know that there are companies out there that their policy is that they just don't 
provide the J supplement until USCIS sends an RFE or you're called in for an I-485 interview. Um, but as long as the company is willing to provide the J supplement in either of those cases, if you, you know, get an RFE or get called in for an interview, then that should be fine. It's not absolutely required that it be submitted at the time of joining. Um, as long as the 180 days have been met, that's fine. And uh, I have a follow-up question. So suppose my previous employer, if they like, um, by any chance, they can like revoke this application for 85 or I-140 or something like that. So it's the I-140 that was filed in 2020. Is that one approved or is it still pending? No, I-140 was filed in 2014. Yeah, that is uh, uh, in approved. In EB3, 2014? Second, please. It, the 2014 I-140 approval was already in EB3? Uh, yes. Okay, so in 2020, it was only the I-45 that was filed. It wasn't filed that's with right. a downgrade, right? Okay, um, then that's fine. Even at most, your current employer can withdraw the I-140. Um, they can't withdraw your I-45 because that's in your name. Even if they withdraw the I-140, then as long as the 180 days have been elapsed, then your green card can continue processing. Um, as long as you're, like I said, new employers willing to provide the J supplement if it's requested by USCIS. And it won't be any effect on my H1 extensions in future, right? Suppose I-140 is revoked. No, um, you can use that same I-140 approval for H-1B extensions. Okay, yeah, thank you. Sure. Next question. Ankita. Uh, hi, uh, I graduated uh, last year from university and I'm in the first year of my OPD, which is about to end on 27th of June this year. And mm -hmm. I applied for OPD extension, but I haven't received the I-20 from university yet. So the processing is progress and uh, fortunately my H1B visa is picked up in the lottery but my organization have not sent the package yet to the USCIS. Uh, okay. There's an emergency at my home so I was wondering if I can travel before the 27th of June this year. Uh, I'm planning to come back before 27th of June which is uh, the current expiry date of my EAD. So I was wondering if I can travel or not. And uh, if yes, what sort of documents I need to carry with me? Um, are you thinking to travel and come back, did you say before June 27th? Yes. Like in this month, pretty much? Okay. Yeah. Um, if that's the case, then yes, potentially you can try doing that. Um, you'll just need to inform your attorney who's working on your H-1B to hold on filing your H-1B petition until you are back in the country. Um, and make sure you come back definitely before June 30th, because that's the very last day they can file the H-1B. Um, for traveling using the F-1 when your OPT at this time expires June 27th, um, mm -hmm. it should be fine. I would say at most, um, I mean, your F-1 visa is still valid, right? Yeah. Okay. At most, sometimes we've heard some CBP officers when you're coming back into the country, if they see that you are um, your EAD expires in, you know, a few weeks or something, they may give you kind of some hard time about, you know, why are you coming in as a student, you're not really studying and you're not, your training is about to end. So just be prepared to answer any questions. If they ask you at the border, just explain that um, your, I would say that your OPT extension is in process, that you're getting ready to file your OPT extension, which is true, you're getting your I-20 from your school. I probably wouldn't 
really say that you are having an H-1B application filed, even though that's fine, some CBP officers then have a problem with you coming in on F-1 when your plan is really to be an H-1B employee. Mm -hmm. So just say that you're, you know, getting the paperwork ready to renew your EAD. Okay. And are they going to ask these questions on the Indian airport or the U.S.? Sorry? Are they going to ask these sort of questions uh, when I was coming back from India or when I'll be reaching here to the United States? Yeah, mostly at the when you land in the U.S. and are going okay. through that portion. Okay. They may not ask at all. Um, just sometimes they do. Okay. Sure. Okay. Thank you. Hi, Rebecca. So uh, I have my H1 transfer completed for a company A uh, and uh, it got approved this morning. Uh, in meantime, I got an offer from another company. Uh, so if I ask the first company to, you know, match that, do they have to file the LCA and start over the petition again? Um, so you haven't joined the, the new company yet, right? No. Okay. Um, it depends on how much of a difference there is in the salary between what the new company is offering you and what is in your H-1B petition with your current employer. Um, all USCIS says is that if it's material change in the terms of employment, that requires an amendment. Um, but they don't really define what material is. In general, for salary, we usually gauge it where, um, according to the prevailing wage data that we look at when filing an H-1B, if the increase is enough that it would move you from like level one to level two wages or two to three, if it would move you up a wage level, we usually recommend filing an amendment. So it'll kind of okay. depend on the prevailing wages for your area and your occupation, how much the change is. So like a difference of five, 10 wouldn't matter, but if it's a difference of 20, 30. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. All right, uh, thank you. Next question. Kini? Hello. Hi, yes, go Hi. ahead. Hi, Rebecca, this is Kanaya Ram here. So uh, my priority date is December 2011, and uh, it is current in both EB2 and EB3. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a daughter. She is uh, 19 years old right now. So my question is, uh, once she turns 21, do I have to uh, apply for F1 visa for her? Do I have to change her from H4 to F1 visa? Um, I mean, hopefully that won't be necessary if your I-485s are already pending um, mm -hmm. for all of you. Yeah, for 2011, you're current um, and it's been current for a while. So the hope is definitely that by September 30th, the I-485s would be approved. If that's not the case um, and the I-485s are still pending into you know next year, um, yes, so that is kind of the, the backup for uh, children who might be aging out is that they change status from H4 to F1 if they're going to school. You should, we usually recommend that you start that change of status process uh, early if possible, because it's filed on the I-539 application, which has a very long processing time. So I would say sometime, basically if, you know, by the end of this year, if the I-485s are not approved, I would probably start 
working on that process. She can contact her international student office at her school to get the I-20s and kind of get that process started. Okay, thank you. Sure. Satya? Hi, Rebecca. Hello. This is Satya. Um, I have a question. Uh, with the company A, uh, I, uh, uh, my H1 is uh, filed in September 2016, uh, and it, it is valid till October 5th, 2018. I got I-94 and everything. But in between, I transferred to company B. It is on July 24th, 2017. And it is uh, uh, like it uh, when they filed, uh, they took long time to uh, uh, process, and finally they denied it in September. Sorry, uh, July fifth, twenty eighteen. Okay. Uh, so uh, the same company refiled on July tenth, twenty eighteen, and got approval on October third. Uh, uh, and it says like approved, but uh, they said to uh, go for a consulate process. So I traveled to India in November uh, 10th of 2018 itself and uh, got the stamping done. So now I'm uh, filing my 485 and my uh, lawyer says uh, like I have been uh, stayed in the country from July 5th, 2018 to November 10th, uh, the date I moved uh, back to India, I stayed illegally. Uh, so is that true or uh, that no? Legally or illegally? Illegally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but with the company A, I have uh, I-94 till October 5th, 2018. Yeah, it is kind of a gray area, but you weren't working for company A during that time, right? You were only working for company B from 2017, from July 2017 onwards, you were only working for company B. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would say technically that's correct, that from July, from basically from when the first transfer application was denied until mm -hmm. you departed the U.S., USCIS could look at it as unlawful presence, because at that time the transfer was was denied and you know you weren't working for company a so that wasn't really an active application um since it is less than six months from july to november um it shouldn't impact your i-485 basically you know it's not something that can get your i-485 denied but i would probably still list it on the, I, I mean, the I-485 form, as you know, asks whether you have ever been unlawfully present. So mm -hmm. to be on the safe side, I would say it doesn't hurt to go ahead and mention that on the form mm -hmm. um, since it's less than six months anyway, and you know that it won't impact your I-485 being approved. Mm -hmm. What you want to avoid is USCIS thinking that you're like, um, you know, hiding something, we're not disclosing everything. Okay. Um, so mm -hmm. even though it is kind of a gray area, I would kind of go ahead and mention it on the form, even if you don't want to, even if the attorney doesn't use the term unlawful presence, they should still kind of mention that period and just explain that, you know, it was unexpectedly denied, you departed as mm -hmm. soon as the consular processing application was approved and mm -hmm. it was less than six months. So it should be, I would include the explanation. Okay, got it. Thank you. Sure. Next question. Vivek? 
Yeah, hi, Rebecca. This is Vivek. So, uh, actually, um, I, I'm applying uh, H4EAD first time for my wife. And um, um, her, with, um, her last, uh, her I-94 has expiry date of uh, 2017, September. Um, and uh, I have, after applying next week, uh, I have a plan of uh, uh, traveling to uh, India in November. And she will have to go for a stamping. So I just wanted to check uh, if we travel and her EAD is not approved before November. Or if we don't get EAD before that, can that be a problem for EAD application processing if she travels uh, in November and the EAD is not approved yet? No, that's fine. So if the I-765 is filed while she is here in the U.S., then if she travels while it's pending, mm -hmm. that's fine. So far, we haven't seen USCIS denying I-765 applications for departing the U.S. Okay, and she has her H4 extension is uh, valid till 7th of January 2024, so that should be fine. Yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, if her most recent visa, I think you said, is expired in 2017, then if you go to yeah. India, then yeah, she'll need the H4 visa stamp before she returns. Yeah, but so there's no, I can go without any uh, hesitation to, she can travel to India in November with EAD processing. Um, yeah, that's fine. It won't affect the EAD processing. Um, it'll just be a matter of securing a consulate appointment. Okay, I have one more question for my stamping. Actually, I'll be going to stamping. So actually, my uh, when I came, I also did not travel to India after 2017. When I came, I, my, my designation in company was technical test lead. And my designation changed last year to project manager. But... Uh, the SOC code, what is there for my uh, project manager assignment, that is a 15119 consult computer system analyst. So it's a kind of I, uh, my designation in company project manager, but uh, I do technical kind of work, technical project your manager. Recent H1B approval, the SOC code in the LCA is 15 1199. Uh, I'm sorry, 1522, actually, computer system analyst. I don't remember the 1129. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, and but my designation in company, that's the hierarchy, like from technical test lead, I moved to the same stream as a project manager. You know what job I, listed in the I-129 form? Uh, job title, I'm not sure about that. I, if that is in I-129, we have to mention the title. It, yeah, you do. On the LCA and the I-129, the job title is listed. So I would check your approved application and see what's listed as the job title. If it even if the SOC code was 15 1121, mm -hmm. if they listed your job title as uh, project manager, then that's still fine. Um, you know, USCIS approved it, it shouldn't be a problem for your stamping. The consulate isn't really supposed to second guess whether the SOC code is correct. But if they put your job title as tech, tech something or other, still like according to your previous application. If you go and tell them your title is project manager, the consulate could have a problem with it because then your answers are not matching what's in the most recent approved application. So you would either need to basically get an employment verification letter from the company that matches the terms in your most recent approved H-1B application or have the company file an amendment application to um, include your current title and role before you travel. Actually, I have a um, house here, so just wanted to check. I mean, there's, so there's, there's a possibility of issue in stamping, you're saying? 
Yeah, if if what you say is your title doesn't match what's in the most recent approved application, that is a problem. So um, I would um, check. No, my title, my my title. I actually uh, after promotion, uh, they filed my amendment. So it, my amendment was filed uh, with computer system analyst, just because we, uh, I got promoted to project manager. So it, so your title in the application is computer systems analyst, or it's project no. manager. It's uh, in my in my company, my designation is project manager. That's the hierarchy. But so I'm going by the SOC code uh, that is used. So what matters process. is the job title on the I-129 form, page five, I believe, um, or page four. There's a okay. space for the job title. So I would check your H-1B petition to see what it lists as your job title. Okay. Okay. Thank um, you. So, sure. Uh, we'll need to end the conference here for today. Um, the next one should be on Monday at three thirty. I believe, yeah, 3.30 Sunday. Oh, I'm sorry if I wasn't able to get to everyone's questions. I do have another appointment, um, but uh, yeah, Rahul should be on the Monday um, call. And then if you do want to discuss in more detail, you can schedule a consultation with any of our attorneys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.